Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Grab a seat. Good morning, Hill City Church. Good to see you guys today. I, I'm just going to share it with you. I, I'm encouraged today. This has nothing to do with the sermon. We're just chatting here, okay? I'm really encouraged just to see what God is doing in this church, through this church, among his people. I was able to speak at Salt Thursday, just hundreds and hundreds of college students praising Jesus. Incredible. Really filled me up. And then there's another thing that's happened in here quite a bit that's, that just fires me up, always has. Those of you who've been here at Hill City, you know I t- used to talk about this all the time. If you're visiting here, Hill City is a baby factory. I don't even know this or not. And I love, I mean, we, we're adopting babies, we're having babies, and, and I just keep getting this news of all these people in our church and the, and the babies, the babies. I love it. It fires me. I'm so encouraged by it. Um, we're going to grow because y'all keep having babies, and I'm down with that, all right? So, uh, man, but then at the, same, at the same time, if I'm transparent, I, there's still, I got this little, ang- I got an angst in my heart today. I don't know why. So I guess I'm telling you this, if you would just pray throughout this sermon for me and, and for everyone here, um, I can't put my finger on it. I'm just being transparent with you, okay? We're just chatting. Grab your Bibles. We are going to jump into Hebrews, though. We have been in Hebrews. We started it this semester. I just want to jump into a review. Go to, go to chapter 4. We'll start at the end of chapter 4, but by, by way of review in chapter 1, it, it, the, the author of Hebrews jumped out and he started with Jesus, telling us who Jesus was, the exact imprint of God, and then the whole theme is going to be that Jesus is better, and then he jumped into angels in chapter 1 and 2, to tell us, hey, yeah, angels were awesome, everything they said was true, Jesus is better, and then and then there was this warning, because this is true, because what Jesus said was better than what anybody's ever said, the warning was, hey, ch- church, the Hebrews, and then even for us today, we must, we must pay much closer attention to Jesus. We, we must pay much closer attention. And then he jumps back in to saying, hey, there's this Moses. Moses was awesome. Moses was incredible, but Jesus is better. And then he jumped into Sabbath, and he's talking to the Hebrews, all these things that were near and dear to their heart. But Jesus is a truer and better rest is where we left off. And the theme of this, of this book of Hebrews, you had these people who were, they were losing their faith. They were jumping ship, and it was, and I'm going to say it again today multiple times, don't give up. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. We'll start In chapter 4, in verse 14, I'm going to read quite a bit, and then then we'll jump in. So, it says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, remember that phrase, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. In other words, let us not give up. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence 
draw near to the throne of grace. Underline that one in your Bible if you do that kind of thing. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And then chapter 5 says, starts going on explaining this, this priest situation. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins. We'll get into that. Just as he does for those of the people. We'll get into that. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God. Just as Aaron was. So now he throws Aaron in there. So Moses, Aaron, another Hebrew superstar. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek. We'll talk about that guy here in a minute. I'll probably call him Melky. Don't worry about that. Just go with me. Verse 7, in the days of his flesh, flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. There's that name again. So a lot of priestly talk, and we've got to jump in this today. We're not going to hit every verse here, but just, just try, to, try to hold on and stay with me. So he says we have a great high priest. I don't want to jump into high priest yet. Let me set the table on priest, okay? Let's talk about priest. Now, the Old Testament priest, these were the, these were the people who drew near to Jesus, or to God, not Jesus. They drew near to God. On behalf of the people, they had to do weird things like they had to wash in order to carry out their priestly duties. They, they wore weird clothes. And, and, if, and if you guys remember your Old Testament history, there were 12 tribes of Israel, right? One of those tribes was the tribe of Levi. These priests came from the tribe of Levi. So I say it like this, all priests were Levites. Not all Levites were priests. Does that make sense? Okay, that's the tribe that they came from. What did they do? What did these priests do? They offered sacrifices. They, there was the burnt offering. There was a grain offering. There was a sin offering. There was a trespass offering. There was a peace offering. All this work that they had to do on behalf of the people. And some of these sacrifices happened daily. Some of them happened weekly. Some of them were voluntary. And some of them were, in, or, or some of them were mandatory. Does that make sense? So these priests were always up doing this work. What else did they do? They taught the law. You can read about this in Leviticus chapter 10. So, so now you understand the title of Leviticus, Levi, Levites, priest, right? So Leviticus chapter 10, you know that priests taught the law. What else did they do? You can read in, Levi, uh, in Leviticus chapter 13. They, they actually determined if someone was sick or healthy. The, the terminology was clean or unclean. You can read about this in, in Leviticus, Leviticus 13. But do you guys remember Jesus, right, when he would heal people, specifically like the lepers? Remember that? And he would be like, hey, don't go tell anybody. Go to the priest first and let that priest 
claim or determine your name, you clean. That was part of their job. Why am I telling you this? You need to know this about priests. They, they mediated between man and God. They would, go, they would go to God on behalf of the people. And listen, they, their work was never done. These guys never sat down. It was never finished. That's what priests did. But verse 14 didn't just say priests. It said, we have a great high priest. Well, what's a high priest? You just, you just told me about priests. What's a high priest? What, is, what did this guy do? Well, the high priest was the supreme religious leader of the Hebrews. Now, we know from past weeks that Jesus is supreme, right? So now we have this phrase that the writer of Hebrews says, no, no, we have a great high priest. Their ears would have perked up. See, this high priest, would have, he, he oversaw all this sacrificial system that I, that I just told you about. He oversaw all the other priests and their work. He would participate in that work, but he also oversaw all of it. He had a really big job. But there was one sacrifice that no other priest could perform other than the high priest. And this happened on what's called the Day of Atonement. You can read about this in Leviticus chapter 16. Now that word atonement, what does that word mean? It means to cover one's debt. And once a year, the, the, the high priest would offer this sacrifice on the day of atonement to cover for all the sins of the year of the Hebrews. And he would go into the temple. And see, in the temple, there was this, there was this place called the holy place. And then, and then there was this curtain in that holy place. And behind that curtain was, was a place called the Holy of Holies. It's the most holy place. And, and behind that curtain there was this thing called the mercy seat. This was the lid to the Ark of the Covenant. For those of you who, who, know, who know what's going on from the Old Testament. And the high priest and only the high priest. Listen would pass through this curtain to sprinkle blood on this mercy seat on behalf of all the people of Israel. Now, now listen, here's one thing about this high priest. Before he could do that, he would actually have to make a sacrifice for himself because he wasn't sinless. Are you with me? So he'd have to, he'd have to take this bull and he... He would slaughter this bull and sprinkle his blood for his sins. And then what would happen, he would have two goats. There would be two goats he would have. Now the first goat would be, would be slaughtered. And the blood of that goat would, would, would be sprinkled on the mercy seat. And this was a substitute in place of sinful man, sinful Israel. But the other goat, here's what happened to the other goat. They, they would put blood on this goat, and then this, this other goat would be led out into the wilderness. This is where we get our term scapegoat. And this goat would be led into the wilderness. And, and what this was is this was, this was the sin of Israel symbolically being placed upon this goat, and he would be removed, far removed from Israel. 
Now, why did all this happen? The high priest had to do this to make atonement for himself and for the people for all the sins that were committed. So listen, you need to know this this morning. The high priest was a really big deal. And then we jump in here and this, the preacher, right, this author of Hebrews says, since then we have a great high priest. He did not pass through a curtain. He passed through the heavens. And see, what you have to understand was you, when the high priest in the Old Testament passed through the curtain, he was in the presence of God. And this Hebrew writer says, no, we have a great high priest. He passed through the heavens and he sat down right next to God. This is a big deal. He sat down at God's right hand. Now, some of you are like, man, I think I heard that before. You did. Go back to Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 3, after making purification for sins. Wait, that's what priest is, what high priest did. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And the author of Hebrews says, listen, we have a great high priest. I know you're looking back at the old high priest and you're thinking, man, should I go back there and do that again? But we have a great high priest who passed through way more than curtains. And he didn't just have this symbolic representation of, of God's presence. He passed through the heavens and he is with God. Therefore, keep the faith. Don't give up. And he goes on to tell us, listen, it's not, it's not that he's just this distant high priest. This is a high priest that sympathizes with our weaknesses. That's really good news, Hill City, isn't it? Am I the only weak one here? That's really good news. He sympathizes with our weaknesses. How does he do that? Because he's been tempted in every way we've been tempted. He, he has been hurt like we've been hurt. He's cried like we have cried. See, Revelation 21.4 will happen because John chapter 11.35 happened. What, are, what am I saying? Listen, here's what I know right now in this church. Some of us, some of us are in seasons of like tears. Some of you, I know this, I know some stories, I know what's going on in life. Some of us are in seasons of tears. And here's what our high priest will do. Revelation 21.4, he will one day wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's, that's, that's Revelation 21.4. And you know how I know that will happen? Because John 11.35, you ready? Because Jesus wept. He can wipe away your tears because he's cried them. That's really good news. That's our high priest. He loves you. He knows, what, he knows where you've been. He knows what you've felt. And because that's true, because that's true, look, okay, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and to help in time of need. Okay, listen, just highlight that in orange and yellow. This is huge. So let's talk a little bit about mercy and grace. Mercy being not getting something that we actually deserve. Grace being getting something that we don't deserve. So let's just do a quick little simple illustration because I'm simple, okay? Imagine you steal money. 
Specifically, say you steal money from your work and you go to your boss and you, and you, you confess this. And, and you're just gearing up like, oh, the hammer's coming down, right? And then all of a sudden your boss is like, here's the deal. I'm not going to press charges. And you're like, it was like a million dollars. And your boss says, no, I'm not going to press charges. That's mercy. If that happened, you, you would deserve to have charges pressed against you. Yes? That's mercy. But then imagine if your boss says, I tell you what, here's 500 grand just to help you. Um, that's grace. What a gift, right? Okay, listen to me. You're hearing that story, be like, oh, baloney, that'll never happen. Yeah, you're right. Here, from a worldly person, Jesus, our high priest, did so much more for us than that. So much more. See, the Hebrews were losing confidence in this. The Hebrews were losing confidence in this. But here's what I know about our town. Here's what I know about some people here at Hill City. Here's what I know about Brad sometimes. Sometimes I refuse to draw near to the throne of grace because I don't really believe that what I'm going to find there is mercy and grace. And that's some of you all. I know this. You're like, Brad, listen, listen. My life, you don't understand my life. You don't understand my story. You don't understand my walk with Jesus. I don't even think you could call it that. Like, I've made a mess of everything. There's no way that I can, with any sort of confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. I'm going to give you some encouragement. If that's you, I'm going to give you some encouragement this morning. God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, I didn't say that. The Bible says this, okay? That's what happened. He caused you to pass from death to life. And here are two words God has never said in his life. You ready? He's never went, oops. He's never looked down after he's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and gone, "Uh uh-oh. book of Hebrews actually tells us that, it's, it, that, that our high priest actually understands the mess that we're in. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our sin. He understands everything because, listen, he has been where we have been. This speaks to the humanity of Jesus. Our high priest was 100% human. Don't forget that. He knows exactly what we're going through. The only difference is he never sinned. That's really good news for us. He knows exactly where we've been, exactly what we've gone through, and he didn't sin. And because of that, he's able to make purification for our sins. Because of that, he did the hardest work ever done by any priest ever. And it was so thorough and it was so perfect, he got to sit down when he was done. No other priest in history got to do that. This is the greatest news we're ever going to hear in our lives. This should give us confidence. Confidence. 
Don't give up. Keep the faith. Draw near to the throne of grace. Sheepishly? No, not sheepishly. With confidence. You don't have to tiptoe into God. Listen, he knows exactly what you did last night. Go to his throne with confidence. Our high priest enabled that. And he tells us to do it. That's really good news. Jesus, our high priest. But this takes us to this weird little thing that we read that a lot of us don't know. This guy Melky, right? Melchizedek. Why does he matter? Who is he? And let me illustrate it like this, okay? I just want you to, I, I can't hardly see, but help me out here. Raise your hand if you know who Honus Wagner is. Okay, there are like five hands up, okay? Okay, raise your hand if you know who Babe Ruth is. Okay, listen, so listen, here, this isn't apples to apples, so everybody relax, okay? Don't throw your Bibles, hit me in the face. Babe Ruth is Moses. Melchizedek, Honus Wagner. Okay? Honus Wagner was a great player. If any of you collect baseball cards, he has, it's the most expensive baseball card in the world ever, okay? He, he's mentioned, if you, if you go to your Bibles in Genesis chapter 14, and let's go there real quick. I just want to read, it's not very many verses. Let's just go to Genesis chapter 14. This is where, this is where he's first mentioned. Let me get there, let me get there. Okay. Genesis chapter 14, verse Starting verse 17. After his return from the defeat of Chedorlamer. That sounds like something from uh, Lord of the Rings, okay? And the kings who were with him, the, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh. That is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, there's the first mention. Melchizedek, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of a God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So here you see Melchizedek. He was a priest of the God most high, but he was also king of Salem, king of peace. Now, this guy comes out of nowhere. We don't hear about him. We don't know anything about him. We don't know his history. We don't know his story. We don't know anything about this guy. We don't hear anything about him again until you read Psalms. And David mentions him. Psalm 110. Like a thousand years later. And then you hear nothing after David's mentioned the Psalms until Hebrews. Now, why does this matter? And this, this is huge because, listen, a king is different than a priest in that a king represents God to the people. Now, we don't understand this because we live in America and we don't do the king-queen thing. We don't do the monarchy. But listen, a king was like God. He was sovereign. He represented God to the people. A priest represented the people to God. Now, this is a big deal. Listen. No king after Melchi was a priest. And no priest after Melchi was a king. Until Jesus. That's a big deal. Jesus 
our king. Like he is God. That's a big deal. But Jesus is also our, our high priest. He represents us before God. And this is the gospel. Hear me, listen to me. Jesus represents us before God as a high priest. He's also our king. How does he represent us before God? He holds up his finished work, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. He holds that up to God and says, this counts for them. That's how he represents us before God. That's a big deal. Now, some of you aren't going to believe this, except for all of you. Um, I have sinned a lot of times since passing from death to life. Like a lot of times. Like you can't count them. And you would think like that God would get sick of me. Sometimes I think that. But here's the good news. Are you ready? God will get sick of me. You know when? When he gets sick of Jesus. Take heart, that will be never. That's really good news. Jesus was a truer and better Melchizedek. And because of this, it allows me to go to God with confidence. I have confidence in my king. I have confidence in my priest. Listen, the Hebrews were losing confidence in the power of the atonement that Jesus offered. And they were looking back. But the old way, why were they losing confidence in the atonement? Why were the Hebrews losing confidence in the power of the atonement? Their faith was wavering. That's why their faith was, was wavering. We're going to talk about faith more when we get down in chapter 11, 10 and 11. But here's the important point for today about faith. Listen, here's the thing about the old way. These Hebrews, they could, they could see the old way. The old sacrificial system. It was very tangible. Are you with me? We're talking about faith here. This thing that the priest did in the old covenant was very tangible. And it's not just that they saw that. It's like they would look around and they would see all of their family. And they would see all of their best friends taking part in these old covenant sacrifices. They could see it. Now hear me, church. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this about us. But we walk by faith and not by sight. Are you, are you seeing why they were losing confidence in the power of the atonement? It didn't seem tangible to them. Now, now listen, that's their town. They're like, man, this Jesus thing, like I don't have to come back every year and do this, but that doesn't seem right. I, this old way, like I, I can touch that, I can see it. And it's like, no, no, but we live by faith. Like we, like we walk by faith, not by sight. And, and listen, in our town, Hill City Church, it's like, all right, like I, we never did all the blood stuff and the priest thing and the weird clothes. Well, maybe not. But there are times when I, Maybe it's just me in this place. When I can lose confidence in the atoning work and the power of the atoning work of Christ, and I might not look back at old priestly things, but I do look to things in those seasons that I can see and that I can touch. In other words, I do have some uh, priests in my life, 
some old priests in my life that I might look to when I'm not looking to the work of the high priests. Say, Brad, I still don't get you. What are you talking about? I'm talking about those things that I can see, that I put confidence and I hope represent me or gains me favor before God. You got any of those? Come on, good church people. Talking about the good Christian stuff. And these aren't bad things. But listen, when we start doing these things thinking this is going to get us favor before God, and we start doing these things thinking this is going to represent me before God, these are just old school little priests. This is when I go, this is when I go help the poor because I want to, I need God to be proud of me. This is when I recycle. And do, I want to be good to the earth because I need God to look down. I need that to be a good representation before God. This is when I pray before my meals and even in the restaurants where everybody can see me. Because I need to be, I need God to be proud of me. Listen to me, all those things I just told you, they're good things, okay? I, I actually think you should do all of those things. The problem is when you allow those things to assume a priestly duty in your life, that's the problem. So no, I'm not a Hebrew looking back on the old ways of the covenant, but I still have these little priests that I can see when I'm walking by sight and not by faith. Maybe just me. Now, let's just get back to Jesus. Remember last week I talked about this is our big brother. He gives us an inheritance. Our king priest. That means we get everything he does. And the Bible says this. Jesus, our great high priest, has made us royalty and priests. Did you know that? If you're following Jesus here today, you are royalty and you are a priest. I'll prove it to you. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I'm not going to prove it to you. God's going to prove it to you. You are a chosen race. If you're following Jesus, that's you. You are a royal priesthood. If you're following Jesus, that's you, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Our high priest and king made us priests and kings and queens. Did you know that? So, so I'm looking at you. Oh, hey, king. What's up? Hey, queens. Priest Elliot, what's up, baby? You got that Mahomes jersey on? Priests, kings. This room's full of priests and kings right now. The Bible says that. That means, listen to me, you get to go straight to God, straight to the throne. You don't have to have somebody do that for you. That's a really big deal. You get to go straight to God, and he will hear you. Let me give you one final thing that might help us to not give up. Here's the human nature. We tend to act or we tend to live out what we are told we are. Do you know this? Studies have proven this. If you're told over and over what you are, you will live that out. Some of you had like parents that told you we're stupid, you're idiots, you'll never be successful. And you're like, yeah, I started living that out. That's a problem. God the Father says you're a priest and you're a king and queen. Now, how does this work? I'm just giving you a story of my, my, my world, right? So my, my son started playing real football yesterday. It was their first game. They put pads on. They did it. But you have to understand what's been going on in my house for a while. I look at both of them, and I tell them. Now, this is in a football scenario, okay? I tell them what they are and who they are. Like, 
Nobody can stop you guys except for you guys. You need to understand this. Now listen, and I'm not blowing smoke. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't tell them that. If they were just like super average, I'd just be like, hey, just go have fun. I would. You, listen to me. Listen to me. You guys know me. You know I would. You know I would. But, but listen, I'm looking at them like, listen, you, you can just lay other dudes out all the time. You guys are phenomenal. So Brody gets on the field. He's never played a football game in his life with pads. And I'm watching him, and he's, on, he's a middle linebacker, and he's grabbing guys, moving them around. He's telling them where to go. He's getting where they go. Ball snap. He had like 25 tackles. Why? Because his dad's been telling him all along, this is what you can do. This is who you are. And I saw it play out yesterday. I don't tell him he's going to be a phenomenal gymnast, Okay because he's not. Our dad tells us we are kings and priests. Do you believe that? Over and over. It's true. And because it's true, let us go proclaim the excellencies of him, our great high priest, our our great high priest who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can we do that, Hill City Church? Let's pray.